This is Donald Parham of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay tuned. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Evner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Mint Mobile, Aura, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it has been a tumultuous season for Los Angeles Chargers fan. I think that's actually the nice way to put it. Uh, it's literally been a season of disappointment, death by a thousand cuts, however you want to look at it. The expectations for this team, and we're not even at the end of the season yet. I feel like this is an episode where, I mean, you really can close the book on the 2023 season and the fact that there's still four games left to play. It's not even the end of the season, but the Chargers fall to the Denver Broncos 24 to 7. And with it, losing Justin Herbert in the second quarter of the game with a fractured finger that now has put the rest of his season in jeopardy, Chargers fall to 5-8, and eight, virtually, even though ma- not mathematically, but let's just call it what it is, the Chargers will not be making the postseason this year and thus will close the book on the 2023 season. Dan Wolkenstein, you were there. This game was very ugly from the jump. I don't even know where you want to start. Oh boy. Um, yeah, this was bad. This was just, uh, that may have been the most uninspired and sad football game that I've attended in person. I'm talking like players, fans, like you could hear crickets, pin drops throughout the game. And we're talking like meaningful plays on both sides. And uh, for how much was riding on that game for players, coaches, franchises? That was about as much of a dud as you can get. And say what you will about the injuries and say what you will about, you know, bad calls and officiating and coaching and all of this stuff. It's just like, there's no excuse for that. There is not. And and I think Chargers fans, honestly, probably responded to it with their voices or lack thereof. In the stands, like there, that was just demoralizing. It was depressing. It's sad. Like fans are literally leaving at halftime, and <clears throat> to see what happened to Justin Herbert, like microcosm of the entire season, Justin Herbert gets blown up throughout the first half. Offensive line can't protect a damn, especially with pressure coming. Which we'll talk about that. Justin Herbert isn't diagnosing. Kellen Moore is scheming up for it. His other hand gets butchered. Now he's probably should be out for the season. What is this team? Like this season, you mentioned it like it's tough, but like in my opinion, and I've been a fan of this team for and and or cover the team for now 25 years ish. 
this one probably is this season's probably like the most puzzling, frustrating, sad. And that can just kept getting kicked over and over and over. And you kept thinking like, ah, oh, can't get worse. They're gonna, you know, come over this hump. And they never got over the hump. Hump just kept getting bigger. They kept going backwards. Uh, all culminating into a game in which you see Denver with Joe Lombardi, Broncos country, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson coming into SoFi. And, you know, the Broncos offense wasn't great. Honestly, it really wasn't. Didn't have to be. And you saw just insult to injury for what was a plague season seemed like from jump. Go to week one. <laughs> Before week one, go to JC Jackson. I mean, we'll have time to kind of do a retrospective on this, but I know this was a long kind of tirade here to start off. But Jake, it's just uh, as an optimist, generally, like this season. Ha- largely has broken a lot of me and it's just it's hard to come to terms with that and i'm sure it is for a lot of people to be honest dan i think i i can remember if i teased this last week or even after the ravens loss this has to be and and, and you kind of said it right there as far as Seasons overall that you can remember in terms of expectations, everything rolled into this, just the disappointment factor that's attached to this. And I think that I had said it a couple of weeks back that you can make a good argument that this Chargers team, even though we have four games left in the season and Justin Herbert most likely is not coming back for them, that they are the most disappointing team in the NFL. In terms of what you had coming back this year, in terms of the Kellen Moore situation that we all talked about, that this was going to be the fix for Justin Herbert. This was going to unlock him. That hasn't been the case. It has just been one problem after another. And we're now how many weeks into the season? And this Chargers team, you really can't even look at a game, whether it's offensively or defensively, and hang your hat on a legitimate win. Justin Herbert is basically, his season is done without beating a quality opponent, without even getting a good, solid win against a contending team. That is how 2023 concludes for Justin Herbert. And that is about as sad as it gets for when you have a quarterback of his caliber and the talent that you have for this team offensively. And I hate to use that broken record narrative again, but here we are talking about inconsistency, lack of complimentary football, self-inflicted mistakes. The first pass that Justin Herbert threw yesterday dropped. (laughs) I mean, this Chargers offense has put up two touchdowns in three weeks. It's really hard to wrap your head around that, considering who the Chargers were playing in that stretch as well. To put up two offensive touchdowns in three weeks, it's it's bad. 
every everywhere that you feel like you can try to to improve and get a little bit better which at times the Chargers defense has and their offense just has not been able to pick up the ball it it's been it's been so weird Dan I I it, comprehension for this season is just flat out disappointment look um you know I would say I was probably one of Brandon Staley's biggest supporters. Um, I think there's a lot of things that this team has failed at that he gets the blame unfairly so. Um, But at this point, I think it's fair to say that Brandon Staley has not been the solution that Chargers fans and the organization had hoped he would be. And, you know, there's a lot to unpack with that because, you know, is it fair and were we smart and was that kind of on us to expect that one head coaching change can fix all of the problems on this team? I don't know. Discussion for another day. But I think it's clear that Brandon Staley did not fix the Chargers. And fair or unfair, that's kind of why he was brought in. And we can point fingers and we could talk about the, you know, is it the is it the coach's job to catch the ball and to block and to all that stuff? Like, no. But like in the macro, if you just zoom out, he hasn't fixed the Chargers. And while I think that there are many problems about this organization, and while I think that there are many things that he gets blamed for, that is simply untrue. The facts are the facts. And the head coach is responsible for the success of the team. And he will go down with the ship. That's usually how it goes. So... Like swallowing that, I think is is it's been a process for sure, and me as the optimist, it's hard to s- accept the fact that like like is the season over? Like it's over, and it's not even December fifteenth yet. Like that sucks. And the one thing that I think does give me solace, I guess I don't know, Jake is like. Maybe this is the rock bottom that this franchise needed to get to in order for leadership at the highest levels to recognize that there are bigger issues that need to get fixed. And while Brandon Staley didn't fix them, like maybe he ripped off all those band-aids and exposed things that maybe fast forward five years, three years, next year, who knows? Like maybe we'll be grateful for this. I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff that has to get fixed in this organization for it to be a contender. And just looking at that game yesterday, like how how do you want to start? Jake, I, I have watched a lot of football. And let's talk about like some specifics here in this game. I watched a lot of football. You watched a lot of football. I don't think I have ever 
seen a team go 0 for on third down. I also don't think I've ever seen a team go, I think it's one for six on fourth down attempts. Collectively, that's one for 18. I don't care who your quarterback is, running back, receiver, all that stuff. That is horrendous. Like, I have never seen that. Have you ever seen that before? No. I mean, you could probably find production like that on historically bad teams, but I've never seen something like that for the Chargers. Go look at the Jets ever. and go look at the Patriots this year. I guarantee, I, I don't want to say guarantee, I'm almost certain that they have never done that. <laughs> yes, Corey Lindsley's not there. Yes, Mike Williams is out. Josh Palmer's out. You could even say, sure, Justin Herbert wasn't there for a half. Some of the third and fourth down attempts that we saw and the failures that we saw, whether it was dropped balls or whether it was missed blocking or whether it was poor running or poor play call or just not enough guys. Like, that's a new low for me. That's a new low for me on offense. I have never seen an offense that unable to execute. Ever. Dan, again, it's the same. It's the same issues. I think I think the I think the fact that it is now hit this level is these were problems that the Chargers were having in week one. In week one. The Chargers are now five and eight. And you can go back to any show that we have recorded this season and you can find <laughs> these same issues that we have talked about at this point in time. There are four games remaining left in this season. And the Chargers are having the same problems that they had in week one. The running game situation is just really strange considering how everything started for them in week one. If you want to take one positive, they had over 200 rushing yards in that game. But to see it just fall off a cliff so badly as it has over these last several weeks. And weirdly, and weirdly, and weirdly, the the run game in this game against the Broncos wasn't that was probably the best run game we've seen from them in a while. Was it great? But it was bad. Go look at the stats. I mean, for Eckler, it was it was it was fine. Ten for what fifty one yards? That's just over five yards to carry. If you want to hang your hat on that, okay. But this offensive line, Dan, even without Corey Lindsley, which I get, you still have four of your five starters on this offensive line. Trey Pipkins obviously has regressed. He has not had a copy of the 2022 season that netted him his contract. You expected Zion Johnson, even though he's flipping from one side of the line to the other, that that would be an okay switch for him, considering that he played both guard positions in college. For Jamari Sawyer, it was the same situation for him. Even to go going from left tackle to right guard, you would have figured that that would have been a better spot for him because he was better suited as a guard coming out of college. And he still ended up holding his own, replacing Rashawn Slater last year. But just in general, this offensive line has been such a disappointment. And when we get into continuing our 
restructuring of 2024 and how do you fix certain positions? Offensive line is going to be one that is going to be discussed on a multitude of different levels because that is going to really delve into the coaching aspect. Jake, because said, the tr- go ahead. You said, you said disgust. I'm going to go a different disgust. Like how disgusting <laughs> is it that we have seen Justin? And again, Justin takes some blame here, by the way. Not all of it, obviously, but some of it. But how disgusting is it that we are seeing Justin just absolutely get blown up and now both hands jacked up because of the inability, inefficiency, inexcusable mistakes by player coaching staff. And now your quarterback's probably done for the season. To max protect on third down. First of all, the Chargers put themselves in third and long scenarios, which that's their fault. But it just seemed like on virtually every third and long play, and we're not just talking about the Broncos game, you go back several weeks. We all see it. The pressure just keeps getting through. Justin Herbert has zero time to do anything. Now, from his standpoint, as Dan alluded to, yes, there are some responsibilities that Justin Herbert needs to be better at in terms of reading blitzes, going through progressions quicker. But when you have Vance Joseph essentially just ripping a page out of Vic Fangio's playbook in terms of what the Dolphins did against the Chargers late in that game defensively, that's something that other teams have done to the Chargers all year long when it comes to third and long scenarios. They will take the risk of blitzing, bringing extra guys, knowing that they're going to get through because they'll have a better chance of doing that than dropping guys into coverage and preventing a conversion in that circumstance. And it happens constantly, and nothing has been done to improve that. And that and that part, that last part, nothing's been done to improve it. Like that's on coaching. Like that's on coaching. You can say what you want about personnel, whatever. It's now week 14. And you still can't do it. And like this is a system, this is a systemic failure, like on all sides. On both sides of offense, defense, special teams, no. Special teams have been great. But players, coaching, executives, like it's just it's all bad. It's all bad. This is kind of like the perfect storm, if you will, of how a season in a franchise can just get derailed and stripped to the studs. Like the 2023 season for this Chargers team, like will need a 30 for 30 at some point. Cause there's going to be some stories that come out. I guarantee it. Dan, I think you said it best right there. Talking about just a perfect storm. And it's just the fact that it's been this way all season. Just there hasn't been any improvement with it. I think a good encapsulation of that. I'm not sure if you happened to catch the quote of Derwin James yesterday after the game. Daniel Popper, athletic quote that he got from Derwin James, just talking about obviously all the struggles that the team has been having on both sides of the ball. Derwin James was quoted in saying, "We're not all the way connected as a team." That could mean a multitude of different things, whether we're talking about player execution, coaching, weekly preparation. Yeah, I, don't, I, I have questions for that. <laughs> yes. I mean, the fact that, as you mentioned earlier, it's now 15 or, yes, yeah, 15 weeks. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Losing my track on, 
on math, obviously, but we're this far now into the season. And these are the issues that you are still having collectively as a group on both sides of the ball. And yes, you could say you have spurts here and there against Leicester competition. It looks good. But even in the last few weeks, Dan, it has looked really, really bad. I was going to say, it hasn't even looked good against bad teams. It's gone from bad to worse in certain circumstances. It, it, it has never been better. And as I said, there is, there is not one victory for this Chargers team that you can hang your hat on and say, mm, that was a good one. That was something that the team could build on. That was something that gave <clears> them <throat> momentum that basically turned their season around. You have none of that for this team this year. And that blame falls on a lot of shoulders. Yeah, this was a a humble pie served to a lot of folks on this team. And, you know, you you could blame Brandon Staley for some of the lack of adjustments and lack of making changes earlier than we wished that he did. You know, I think some of the some of like the organizational will, I think that people hoped to see imposed on some of the players who weren't executing or maybe some of the staff that maybe weren't executing like, and that might just be like an optics thing. Cause you don't know what happens behind closed doors, but like, in my opinion, I'm, I'm watching that game yesterday and you see the offense just, shitting the bed like it's terrible like i want to see and i was at the game so call me out if i'm if i did if i'm saying something that happened but pretty sure i didn't see brandon staley or kellen moore or justin herbert or rashawn slater or austin eckler or derwin james or pick a leader go light into their side when they are clearly not right, not getting together, no energy. I didn't see Brandon Staley run over to Kellen Moore. I didn't see Kellen Moore run into the team. I didn't see anyone have any kind of like come to Jesus moment. You know, everyone now is laughing at what transpired over in Kansas City with that Bills game. And you see Patrick Mahomes just absolutely losing his mind. And that's a bad look by him, by the way. Like, obviously, but those are emotions from a player who cares and say what you will about how stupid he looks for targeting his frustrations at the ref for calling a a penalty that clearly happened. You saw Chris Jones on the sidelines of that game. Tempers flaring. I, I haven't seen that. And in a game like what we saw with that much magnitude for them to just watch that ship go into the tight, go into the iceberg. Like that, that's a bad look. And I know it's optics. You don't know what happens behind the scenes. And maybe all of these guys are doing it, but like sometimes you need to be publicly flamed, publicly put on watch, put on notice, called out for stuff that you're doing, not working. Keenan Allen, you mentioned it. First play of the game, drop. For him, anyways. 
Gerald Everett, drop. Like it's Quentin Johnson didn't have a drop. That's one of the silver linings of this game. I thought Quentin Johnson looked pretty good. They finally used Quentin Johnson in a way that could showcase his abilities. And hey, right after that bomb that he caught, that slant-ish route that he got, great hands. Did you see that catch? That was pretty good. Like, I'll give him that. He has underperformed all season. And we've talked about the reasons, but that was a good game for him. Let's give him his praise because he deserves it. But like that will that has not been imposed, like that emotion, that desperation in the moment. How do you not have that? Like how? You're watching your season just go down the toilet and you're just literally sitting there. It just It's a bad look. And I don't know who to blame for that. Like, because again, like that's not just one person. Like think about how many people would have to get axed if that's what you wanted to fix. Again, Dan, I think it's just, it's just a microcosm of what has been a consistent weekly disappointment for this team. It's really actually remarkable, all things considered, that the Chargers have won five games this year when you see how they have gone out, executed, performed with the inconsistencies that they have shown so much. The disappointment level for this team is just, it really cannot be understated. And yes, you can talk about injuries, everything like that. I've talked about this in previous years. Good coaches figure out a way to overcome that. Sure. Totally. I agree. To an extent. To an extent. There's always so much to, you can do, yes, but at least extent. show something. Like To an extent. But I mean, hey, if you just want to use Cincinnati as an example, after they lost Joe Burrow and everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all done now. Cincinnati's still hanging in there. Look at Minnesota. Even though with a three to nothing victory over the Raiders yesterday, uh-huh. They've still been able to hang in there despite bad quarter plaque play from Josh Dobbs and them losing their franchise quarterback and Kirk Cousins. They've still been able to do it. The good coaches, when they have an identity and a message and a grip on their team and a collective view of what needs to be done and everybody's bought in, you can you are capable of overcoming those things. The Chargers haven't been the most injury-plagued team this year. That's not the reason. I would not say that that is a reason for their downfall. Yes, obviously, you lose Mike Williams. You haven't had Josh Palmer for a while, and that affects certain things. But for the most part, the Chargers have been in those games, aside from yesterday, obviously, that those those players have been out for. Yeah, I, I... You've been in arm's reach of being able to contend in those games, arm's reach of being able to win those games. Yeah, the, the issue the issue has been this team has no fight and finish when it matters most. Like that's it. Like if they had that, they probably have four or five more wins this season. And like it kind of feels like what can go wrong does go wrong yes. with this team, but they've kind of brought it on themselves. Like you just can't do some of the things that they've done and expect to get different results if you don't change. No. No. And it's just infuriating when you see it happening. 
ahead of time. And the team just watches it go by. Like that third, I think it was what, th- third and in inches, fourth and in inches, that sequence. They had to take a timeout because they were not lined up appropriately and then they don't get it. Like, I saw Rich Eisen tweet earlier today about like, I've yes. never seen a fourth down decision go so catastrophic, I'm paraphrasing, go so catastrophically wrong over and over and over again the greatest Daily Chargers. Like, He's not wrong. It's just He's not wrong. It's but... crazy. It's crazy to me. Like it's sad that I was going into this game, Jake, thinking not, you know, because they have Justin Herbert and because they have all these playmakers, because they have like I thought that they could win that game against the Broncos because I thought the coin has flipped tails so many times. It's bound to flip heads once. And odds say they're gonna have some breakout game sometime. Nope. That's what I was relying on, odds, and that didn't work. Hey, I mean, I I think that you would have put your hat on to say the offense having the performance that it had against the New England Patriots, you would have figured that they would have wanted to improve on a multitude of different things and execute them better out yeah, there. Yeah, like you the can't get worse than that, right? No. No. <laughs> and they even scored more points in this game, and yet you felt less inspired With a backup quarter. by what you saw. In this game, it's just bizarre, Dan. It's bizarre. So how, like, how do you, like, real talk here for a sec? Like, how do, how should, how do you cope, move forward these next five games? I mean, you know how I cope. You know how I cope, especially now, especially after what is taking place. You know how right. I cope. Shh. Anything great on your face? Yes, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, you just lobbed that one up for me perfectly, dude. I thought when I thought you already would have known the answer to that question, but I know what's going to get me through these next four weeks of the season with a big smile on my face. But in terms of what you're talking about, I think the, I think the best thing that you can really just try to take away from these remaining four games, regardless of what the outcome is going to be, is who's going to earn their spot for next year. I think that's the only thing that you could really look at this from because there's so many question marks and I'm telling you this off season for the chargers and Ed McGuire and whatever this coaching staff or front office is going to look like is going to be, there's going to be a lot of questions. There's probably going to be some frustrations because there will be hard decisions to make because the chargers have handcuff themselves in a position to where they have to make those decisions now. But really is who are the guys that you know that you can move forward with on this team beyond 2023? And these last four games, even in a small sample size, and regardless of the win and loss record that it will be in these last four weeks, that's really all you can take away at this point. Who, who still has shown that they are going to remain here in the years to come? So for uh, so for Chargers fans who are watching this, let's just say the optimistic ones or the ones who are trying to find reasons to pay attention or to watch or to hope. Those reasons are to see who's with or who should be with this team next year. Like, it's just, 
it's been a while since I've been in this position where I'm just at a loss for words. Like I'm speechless. Like I, because it's one thing if you go into an off season and again, we still have time, but like when you go to an off season and like you have your horses and you kind of just need one or two more guys to get you over the hump. But like at this point, the Chargers have like five to seven of their biggest horses all variables if they're even going to be on the team. Like, you don't know about Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen. That's full right there. You don't know about Eric Hendricks. You don't know about Corey Lindsley. You don't know about Gerald Everett. Like, you don't know about all of these guys that are like cornerstones for your team. Your current CB1's a free agent. That most don't want even to have back on the team. Your starting safety, aside from Derwin James, who by the way, Derwin James hasn't been playing great, is a free agent. Your starting right tackle isn't playing great. You don't know who you're running back one and two are on the team next year. So, like, that's the hard part is you don't even know what horses you need. But there are so many guys that are just. I can't think of a team that has had this big of a spiral that I've covered or watched as a Chargers fan. Like I honestly, this is this is it, and I just I. It's just sad, man. Like it's just sad. And maybe I'm more sad because the optimist has been beaten out of me. <laughs> but it's just I, I don't even like I don't even know. Like we got a game in three days. Like how do like how do these guys do it? I'd love to see Quentin Johnson go off for like 150 and nine targets. That'd be great. Like give I say a spiller 45 carries. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just—I know I'm rambling here, but it's—it's it's not rambling, Dad. These are these are valid questions to really just you ask yourself. Any other fan, and and trust me, I'm on the other side of that coin in terms of how I normally perceive things. But trust me, I would rather be on this show talking about this team winning and contending for the playoffs, despite what you may think of what comes out of my mouth on a weekly basis. That's actually how I truly feel. I don't enjoy seeing this team lose. But when you see the trends that the Chargers have put up week after week after week, it's like the old saying goes, when someone shows you who they are, you believe them. That's what this team is. And there's been nothing that changes your perception of that. And even worse, Dan, you're at a point now where there's four games left. What is it you can really say to, to take into next year? That makes you feel good. Whether we're even talking about coaching, players, anything like that, to say like, okay, next year I know we can do this based off of this sample size. You can't even have that right now because really there, has, there hasn't been any of those moments to hang your hat on. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of players that are not going to be on this team next year. Some because of play, some because of unfortunate contract necessity. The Chargers are just going to be a big question mark 
going into next year. Aside from Justin Herbert, who is no longer, by the way, going to be playing on his rookie contract numbers. So now things get very difficult for well, how te- you can technically he will be. It'll be year five. But it gets it, it gets difficult. The numbers are much higher. How, yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it gets difficult on how you can structure your roster because you do not have that luxury of his number being a low cap number as it was before. Like it's just, you know, unfortunately, you know, like I, I think I believe that the defense has gotten better over the past six weeks or so. And I think Brandon Staley probably deserves some praise for that. Special teams has been pretty damn good. 82 yard piss missile, by the way, from JK Scott. That's one thing that will actually draw an influx in my voice with some positivity. Wow. Wow. Full stop. That's, that's the most positivity you're going to get from me today. But like the, the offense is his too. I mean, yeah, Kellen Moore calls the plays, but at the end of the day, like as a head coach, like the whole team's yours and fair or unfair, regardless of who actually is at fault, player, coach, personnel, whatever, the buck will stop at the head coach. And I've seen Brandon Staley shoulder the blame, take responsibility. But like, ask yourself, if you're the head coach, what would you do? Like, honestly, it's just like, this whole season has been such a series of unfortunate events and they just continuously find new ways to be unfortunate. And it's just been the storyline of the season. Like they mostly self-imposed mistakes, self-inflicted wounds, whether that's because of player execution, because of coaching scheme, bad luck, injuries, like you name it. It's all of it. So... got a game in three days. I believe Easton Stick is slated to be the starting quarterback. Do you want to beat the Las Vegas Raiders? (laughs) Like, that's where we're at this season. The fact that you actually have to ask that question now. I I know. Because because what what does it actually get you in the long run? What what does that actually get you? I'm not... uh, Look, I'm I'm not... Honestly, I would love to... It's hard to to be optimistic. I would love to, to beat the Raiders, go 2-0 against them. Like, that'd be great. Like, you know, the one thing I will say, like, I know this is all, like, tank seasons and full tilt now. Like, I get I get all of that. But, like, I don't want to see this team tank. I don't. Like, do I want to see them win five straight and all of a sudden, like, get, like, whatever the 18th pick or that number is? Like, if it means a playoff berth, sure. But... Realistically, I want to. I just like play as hard as you can. See where the chips fall. You've played as hard as you could so far this year, and you're five and eight. Keep going. What's that get you? Seven and ten. 
that's probably what top 10 to 15 ish draft pick maybe Raiders Bills Broncos Chiefs win loss lost <laughs> like honestly I like I don't I don't even at best one and three at best but you have the Raiders on a short week who literally are coming off of a win in which they scored <laughs> no points so they're going to be just as motivated if not more they lost win this they, game. they lost they lost oh I'm sorry that's what I meant sorry lost yeah, you can't yeah, they win got the shut game out. They got three zeros hard. Can't win the, yeah, can't win the game scoring. Yeah, no six points. zeros That's, ugly. Three zeros any, worse. <laughs> any team that goes forward with that mentality, <laughs> I'm sure they'll end up with a great record. My apologies. But yes, after that loss that they suffered, they're going to be just as motivated to get back on track. So you can't put any stock into this, Dan. And you barely beat the Raiders the last time, and that was with having Justin Herbert. And that was after the turnovers that Aiden O'Connell put up on you. And it sucks. It really does suck to be. It's like most people would just say, can we just end the season like right now? Like, tell me that there's no more games. Just put me in the offseason already. Let's fast forward to January. Death by a thousand cuts. But no, you still have to watch this team for four weeks. Well, here we are. Four weeks left. We'll see what kind of, I don't know, fight, resolve, adjustment. I don't even know. We'll see. We're gonna Whatever it is, we're going to see it these next four weeks. I think what I would be most disappointed with, Dan, and sorry, I just thought about this for a second before you wrap up, is if you started seeing improvements of, at all times, whatever we're talking about, offensive line, secondary improvements, Quentin Johnston's you know, usage, if all of a sudden you started seeing that, improve now that would just be quintessential as it relates to what this team does it's like oh now now it's going to get things resolved now we're going to move forward when you've basically hit rock bottom there's nowhere to go type of mentality yeah look their backs were against the wall they needed to come out and perform against the broncos and they absolutely failed and it was just, it was brutal. This whole season's been brutal. But like I say, the show goes on. There will be a 2024 Charger season regardless. And we'll be covering that too. When does and that start? Between, well, a lot of people will say it started two weeks ago, but we'll see. Um, look, at the end of the day, Jake, we have been here through the thin and thick. And we're in the thick of it right now. Uh, good and bad, lots of bad. But. I do believe the sun will shine again. Uh, it's just going to take a lot of work to crawl out of this, but we'll be there every step of the way. Chargers, Raiders week. Thursday night football. We'll see Aino Collar versus Season Stick. Can't wait for that. Until then, uh, for Jake Hefter, Dan Wolkenstein, LA Football Network, this is Chargers Unleashed. We'll talk to you guys next time on Chargers Unleashed.